It's Monday. It's morning. And it's Macabre. Welcome to Monday Morning Macabre with Scones and Darce, the show where we talk about spooky things, and you listen, and the world and keeps on spinning, good. gang. Ooh. Yeah, so I'm Darce, that's Scones. You guys you guys know by now. Let me, uh, let me spit you out my know. gum here to be <laughs> professional about this, because Slingendinger's yeah. always uh, watching. Scones and I were doing our vocal warm-ups. Scones, do you want to do your vocal warm-up yeah. before we get into this? Yeah, uh, uh, Big River, Little River, Little River Band. Okay, uh, very good. All right, what's yours? Very, very good. Uh, well, I was doing mine, if you already heard it, is the zesty coconut aligns itself with its prey. The zesty coconut aligns itself with its prey. Can you imagine how scared you'd be if you went on like vacation to a tropical paradise and they're like, oh, watch out for the pred- uh, <laughs> you saw co- the predatory coconuts on the island. You You're see like, a what? coconut in a, yeah. You see a coconut in a tree, and it's shifting branch to branch to align itself <laughs> above the head of a, a person sitting below it, and then it drops and kills him. Unique to this, and then island, it drags the body we, <laughs> into the water. We have uh, carnivorous coconuts. That's a terrifying. I mean, they kill more people than sharks, right? Ah, uh, probably. How do we know it's not planned? How do we know it's not planned? Could be sentient. <laughs> Welcome to Monday Morning Macabre, everyone. <laughs> Yeah, welcome everybody to Monday Morning Macabre. We we talked about spooky uh, stuff. I was first, telling stuff before, and then I stopped because like, oh, let's 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 save this for the pod. Um, so I got this vocal booth, and you may or may not know that I'm I've been doing a little like voiceover work here and there, uh, and I'm currently recording an audio book, and uh, I step into the booth this morning, and my cat just was like, "Hey, I'm gonna throw up all over the inside <laughs> of this booth." So there was just cat puke all over the floor of the booth. I was like, there's so, you're in a giant basement and there's one spot you chose to do it. Classic. And it was inside of my antics, dude. Honestly, my cat is, got it out for me and I'm, I was bummed and I had to clean up puke out of a, out of a booth. Now I'm in a puke booth giving you the tent that you crave. (laughs) Hashtag puke booths. Dot org is my new booth rental service. And business is booming. Let's yeah, it's I mean, I don't know if it's COVID nineteen or what, but some, I mean the, the the sales have shot up over the past month. So hey, I'm not complaining, brother man. So I'm going to be presenting today, and Scones is going to be listening to the ravings of a madman, aka me, as I present to you a spooky, scary story. That this is, is my religion. Real. <gasps> real? So, Scones, t- today we're going to be talking about the case of Mary Agnes Maroney. You said Mary Tyler Moore? We're talking about Mary. T- okay, so I'm going to be Buddy Holly, all right? <laughs> and Sick. you're going to be Mary Tyler Moore. Yes. And we're just not going to care what they say about us anyway. Although this might be an issue as I am married to the game. Ooh, he is married to the game, the rapper the game, specifically. And it is a dedicated marriage. It's heavy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm actually their surrogate, so it's a very complex relationship we have going. So, today, Scones, I'm going to be bringing you the case of Mary Agnes Maroney. Sounds like an old lady. <laughs> it is. It's a miss. She's been missing for 91 years. Oh my gosh! But we're going to talk about something that's super creepy. Heck yeah, band. Band, play us in, dudes. 
Fiddle me timbers. Shuttle my buggies. You just come up with that? That's pretty cool, dude. Yeah. Sh- with the shirts, man. I, I might. I gotta get a tattoo to my fucking leg. Shuttle, Shuttle my buggies. buggies. That's my new goodbye phrase. <laughs> Shuttle Print my buggies. the shirts. You know when, like, you're babysitting your sister's dog and she just starts licking, uh, like, the electrical outlets? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's cool. Hey, what's in your mouth? That's like when I babysit my sister's kids. I think so. Okay, I think we're good. <laughs> okay. So, this article is from uh, MaryHalbergMedia.com. Ooh, Mary, Mary Halberg. Halberg. Shout out to you, Mary Halberg. Wait, Mary Halberg covering Mary Agnes? Yeah. Mary Agnes Marone. It must have been very hard to cover a fellow Mary. Yeah, Mary stick together though. There's one thing I know. Yeah, I know. I know when Sammy Sosa was on top of his game, I was flying high, baby. I met someone named Mary yesterday. Oh, at a wedding. At, and at a by, wedding. Whoa! By, I met her. Mary. I mean, I've met her like three times, and she didn't remember me. So things are looking up first. So you didn't get married <laughs> to Mary. You're like you've never heard of me. <laughs> I'm one half of Monday Morning Macabre. How dare you? <laughs> She's like, I didn't mean it, sir. <laughs> And then all that Patreon money crushed her to death. Yes. <laughs> Julie Patreonis <laughs> are now harassing her on social media. It's like the Bayhive. <laughs> so, yeah, we're going to give out her address and social security number now. And you guys know what to do. <laughs> do your thing. <laughs> Twitter, do your thing. <laughs> so, let's get to the spooky story. <laughs> so, Mary Halbergs writes, I've covered a lot of missing persons cases on this channel both solved and unsolved, with the exception of Marvin Clark, who I talked about a few months ago. This might be the oldest one I've ever covered. Let's talk about Mary Agnes Maroney, who hasn't been publicly seen or heard from in almost a century. What if she's just gaming? Yeah, what if she's just a Twitch streamer now? (laughs) (laughs) Shit, what if? (laughs) Could be. Could be. We don't know. Maybe she's got way more subs and she doesn't need to leave her basement. That's what I'm... That's the dream. That's the dream. So... Early life slash kidnapping. <laughs> the dream. Mary Agnes Maroney was born on May 9th, 1928 to parents Michael and Catherine Maroney. She was soon joined by at least one younger sister, though some sources said she had two. In 1930, two-year-old Mary Agnes lived with her family in Chicago. But the family wasn't doing too well. Michael Maroney had just lost his job a few months earlier, as I imagine was the case with many people during the, during the, dep- the Depression, and Catherine was pregnant again. So he again. put an ad in the newspaper. Again. Kathy, Kathy, Kathy. Kathy, 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 Kathy. Always with the belly. <laughs> that became like almost Adam Sandler. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> Kathy, Kathy, oh, Kathy. Really. So he put an ad in the newspaper asking for help. Most sources said he was looking for material things, but one said he was asking for a job. Hell yeah, always on his grind, 100. He's always on his grind, hashtag entrepreneur, hashtag hustle. Keep your nose hashtag down girl while boss. they're at the club. You're getting that money. <laughs> you were studying the blade. Um, <laughs> <laughs> on May 14th of that year, a woman showed up at their door. She, she said her name was Julia Otis, and she'd been sent by a social worker named Mrs. Henderson. 
Julia bought things for them like groceries and baby clothes. She also offered to take Mary Agnes to California, but her parents didn't let her go. The next day, Julia showed up with even more things for the family. She offered to take Mary Agnes clothes shopping, and her parents agreed. They left the house and didn't come back. (gasps) The next day, the Maronis received a letter from Julia, saying she'd taken Mary to California and would bring her back in a couple of months. Which is like, hey, you know how you asked yesterday and we're like, no? That didn't change overnight, lady. Yeah, but remember she was like, when we were just like, hey, we're going out to Macy's? And then... She's like, I need to make you a star. <laughs> <laughs> Drove her out to Hollywood. I would have gotten the car. Hey, get out of my dreams into my car scones. Ho-ho! Hey, 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 hey. Don't tell the game I said that. So, according to IllinoisMissing.org, the letter read as follows. Again, this is the letter from Julia, the new housekeeper who took the, the Mary Maroney to California. Please don't be alarmed, which is a solid start. Yes, no one's ever been alarmed after reading that. A kidnapping letter. Solid, solid diffusing of any kind of tension. Yeah, she sat there and she's like, how do I start this? Let's see. To whom it may concern. No, that's dumb. Too formal. Please don't, don't be, be alarmed. A, I'm gonna start signing all my uh, yeah <laughs> all my work emails all your letters. with that. <laughs> yeah, my signature at the bottom is just gonna say, "Please don't be alarmed." It says, "Please don't be alarmed. I have taken your little girl to California with me. I have hired a special nurse to care for her. We'll be back in two months. By that time, you will be on your feet again and will be able to care for her." She didn't even cry a bit. She is outfitted like a princess. In the meantime, I'll help all I can to get you on your feet. Don't worry about her or anything else. When you get this letter, we'll be on our way already. As ever, Julia Otis. That's really scary. So, yeah. She didn't even cry, not even like once. Yeah, right? (laughs) I put her in a Barbie car, she didn't cry. She's like a princess right now. I made her eat vegetables and everything, and she still didn't even cry. (laughs) So I knew it was totally cool. (laughs) Another source said part of the letter read, Mary Agnes is on the way to California. You can spare her for two months. Which is You can not spare her. her your ch- <laughs> what a yeah, wild uh, thing to hear out of someone's mouth about your child. <laughs> <laughs> you can yeah. spare her. You can spare her. It's just your kid. If someone was like, hey, I'm going to take your kid for two months and you can spare her, I'd be like, oh boy. We're going to... Uh, we're we're going to call gonna, the gonna, police. <laughs> We're going to call the police, and then I'll bring out my dad guns. My Dad guns. He has actually, for those of you who haven't seen Darce, he has tattooed on one arm, dad, and on the other arm, guns. Yeah. It's pretty sick. And when he gets real mad, Because those are my two loves in my life. Yeah, you just walk out with him flexing with a cigarette hanging out of your mouth every time anyone disrespects your child. Yep. (laughs) I go to local parade grounds, and I just smoke cigarettes and stare at everyone on the playground. Um, so now that we've, now you've got a good picture of what I look like, regardless of what the letter said, the Maronis never heard from Julia Otis again. They contacted the police the day they received, the day they received the letter. So good on them. That's smart. About two le- Okay. This is the part that I was like, oh no, no, no. Cause this would chill me to the bones. Stone. Wait, your bones are going to About two weeks then? later. Yeah, dude, they were going to chill my bees. They are going to see my bees. Dude, seeing your bees. About two weeks later, the Maronis received another letter. 
This one is from a woman named Alicia Henderson. One source said she was Julia Otis's aunt, another said her cousin. Either way, she told the family that Julia had lost her husband and child a year earlier and that she was, quote, love-hungry, so she'd taken Mary Agnes. Who has whom's among us has not been a little love-hungry from time to time. <laughs> I, I mean, you guys will be cool if I take your kids because I'm love-hungry, right? That's not scary or terrifying or weird. We should make That's a, a dating app movie. called Love Hungry. Ooh, yeah, where you have to like ooh, go to local food banks and volunteer together. Yes. Oh my. Wait. That's ooh. Write that down. Wait. Brings brings good to people and <laughs> and you know you might fall in love along the way. Write that down. Write that down. Yeah, Sling and Dinger's first applications in in development. Can we call it? Nah. <laughs> nah. Never mind. I don't know what you're gonna say, nah. but I bet it was cool. <laughs> It was really, it was probably too cool for school, so that's why I can't say it. All right. For all those of you in school, we're omitting this for your benefit. You can't, yeah, exactly. So, when police examined the letters, one from Julia Otis, another from Alicia Henderson, they thought the handwriting looked very similar. Because of this, they were afraid Mary Agnes had been killed, presumably by her parents, Uh. though it's never been stated explicitly. Michael and Catherine were actually arrested on May 20th when police couldn't find any trace of Julia Otis, but were let go after an hour. <laughs> Just like, I don't, it's like they had like a, like, what, like a board game sized, like draining sand clock that they had to flip. <laughs> like we got one hour to figure out if they did it. <laughs> they did not do it in time. That's what it sounds, well, they might still be on it. We don't know. What has it been, 91 yeah, years? 91 years. So, not much else happened in the case over, for over 20 years. Then, in early 1952, a report ran in the Oakland Tribune in California about the case that included Mary Agnes's picture. A local mechanic named Everin McClelland saw the report and thought the picture looked a lot like his wife, Mary McClelland. 24-year-old Mary McClelland knew she was adopted. Her mother said she had witnessed her birth and adopted her in November of 1927 before Mary Agnes Maroney was, a, was even born. Her doctor backed her up. <laughs> he was in the background, backing like, her up like yeah. an MC would. <laughs> what she said. <laughs> it's like, hell yeah, Mary. <laughs> you were you there, were born we as were hell. all there. <laughs> <laughs> we all saw it, baby. So the doctor said that he arranged the adoption in 1927. Mary McClelland also didn't have a scar on her abdomen that Mary Agnes should have had. Dude, this is like... It blows my mind before digital record keeping that anything, anyone could prove anything Ever got, about anything. Yeah. That's when gum shoes really had to have a lot of gum on those shoes. Because it's just like, oh, proof that you are who you are, it's on this one piece of paper. And it's like, oh, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> yeah. You put it on literally like the most fragile thing I can think of, a piece of paper. <laughs> like, yep. insane to me. That's the dream, dude. Yeah, it's pretty insane. It really makes you think... It makes me so happy that my daughter is in a digital format. Not that my daughter is digital, that she <laughs> has uploaded her birth records. <laughs> yeah, my daughter's a Tamagotchi, and she's on a... Or my daughter's, my daughter's a Neopet. What is this entire time you've been clinically insane? <laughs> that would be the most and, macabre version of our podcast, and where Jenny, my daughter was just a Jenny Neopet. and your daughter are both AIs that <laughs> you created. Yeah. I, I wrote I wrote some code and they'll be like, hey, have you met my wife? And you're like, 
that is a scarecrow with a microphone sticking <laughs> out of its mouth. <laughs> and she is beautiful, Darsk. <laughs> and she's a beaut. <laughs> Have you met my daughter, Hazel? And it's just like a pumpkin rolling around. <laughs> Her first birthday, she smelled very bad. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she is getting real droopy. My dog, Charlie, who is also a crow. <laughs> I'm a farmer now. Yeah, I was going to say, you just stuck, like, microphones into, like, Halloween decorations, it sounds like. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I sleep in a cemetery bed. Um, <laughs> so, uh, other sources say McClelland had been adopted after Mary Agnes disappeared. Anthropologist Dr. Bertram S. Krauss examined McClellan's teeth and said there was a match, and when McClellan's fingerprints and blood type were tested, they were found to be similar to the Moroni family, indicating she could be a member. Ooh, could be a member. She has the scar. And actually, there's a picture. Uh, so there's a picture of Mary McClelland, and then side by side with Mary Agnes's sister, Anastasia, and they look very similar. The names are just off the charts in Crazy. this story. But yeah, that's, we got that. We got that so this yeah. sounds like it's it. <laughs> I don't, this seems like it's I mean, solved. I feel like I, I'm putting the pieces together. I got the corkboard out. It looks all the strings are attached to one thing. Scone says the uh, Scone says the whole thing. It's done. It's game over. I win. You so, lose. You're all losers except for me with my beautiful wife and family. Yeah, all these all these stupid people out there. All you love hungry <laughs> people out there. I okay. I genuinely think love hungry is not a bad idea. No, I'm, um, I'm, it's get, picking up steam in my head as well. <laughs> yeah, okay. Hey, listeners, write in if you'd like a dating app where you do some kind of uh, volunteer work with a, with a partner you match with instead of just like kiss each other over a bowl of nachos at a Denny's. Also, wait, can we make one for that too? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'll be called like... The, the hard part's sneaking the nachos into Denny's because I don't think they serve nachos. <laughs> Yeah, uh, love Nacho Denny's. Hey, I'm good at this. In September 1592, that would have been way different. In September 1952, Mary McClelland met up with the, with the Maroney family. Yeah, so they meet up. Catherine Maroney, who was the mother of Mary Maroney, was skeptical from the start that this was her missing daughter, but they agreed to try to work on a... They agreed to try and work on a relationship. DNA testing would later prove that Mary McClelland was not Mary Agnes Maroney. She died in 2005, I'd, uh, which means kind she could of, have died listening to 50 Cent. What kind of... <laughs> Fun fact. I love the, the reference I have now. <laughs> but <laughs> the uh, how good was like genetic testing at the time that she got tested? I don't know. Yeah, I, I have literally zero idea. This sounds like it's either... I'm calling uh, Fooey on the genetic testing or... Now hear me out. This is a similar situation where parallel universes bled into each other and people were Ooh. separated between them, much like the Berenstain Bears phenomenon. Yep. Uh, yep Google yep. it. I'm not going to. It's called like the, uh, the, I forget what the name of it's called. Essentially, it's at one point where two parallel universes merge at one single point and the, yeah. some people from each universe get switched. And so right. what if she got switched to be the... Uh, uh, Lady McClellan. What if there's a future society who have made like switched at birth, but instead they like switched at 
like Dimension. Ooh. And that's like their MTV hit show. Oh, like a they're like fourth dimensional beings. We're just all part of some sick yeah. game show, like a Truman show, but for yeah, yeah, we're about to we hit that perceive. wall, baby. Yep, I think we're I think we figured a lot out on this episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think we figured everything out. Actually, <laughs> I think it's inconclusive. Yeah. Wait, no, it's conclusive. I don't know. Words are hard, man. All right, so what happened next? So speaking of what happened, the next uh, section is called "What Happened." Wow. So despite the early police speculation that Mary Agnes's parents were involved in her disappearance, most people I've come across online discussing this case believe she was kidnapped and raised by someone, probably Julia Otis. The only real question is, where are they now? Probably dead. Uns- yeah, probably in the ground, baby. Unsurprisingly, there has been a speculation that Julia, o- Julia Otis was a false name. It would make sense, after all. Why would you use your real name in the process of committing a crime? And if Julia changed her own name, she almost certainly changed Mary Agnes's as well. A few people, a few people on web sleuths, web sleuths have done some digging and think they may have found either Mary Agnes or Julia, but of course nothing is confirmed. Wait, what did they find? One interesting thing I want to point out that I haven't seen anyone else discuss is the first letter the Maronis received. Oh man, is there a cool like anagram in it? I don't know well, we're about to find out, brother. Assuming it really was from this Julia Otis, I think it's interesting that they reportedly received it the day after Mary Agnes was last seen. Even today, mail takes several days to get to its intended destination. And I can't imagine it (laughs) being... Hell yeah, brother. I can't imagine it being much better in 1930. I think the fact that it arrived so soon after Mary Agnes' disappearance could be evidence that the whole thing was premeditated. Julia Otis, whoever she really was might have seen Michael Maroney's ad in the paper and, unfortunately, decided to take advantage of their situation. So, final details. Mary Agnes Maroney was two years old when she disappeared from her home in Chicago, Illinois, on May 15, 1930. Her case is classified as a non-family abduction. Uh, Mary Agnes is a white female with blonde hair and blue eyes and was three feet tall and 20 pounds at the time of her disappearance. She has a scar on her abdomen and a strawberry birthmark on her face. She is left-handed, and if she were alive today, she would be 92 years old. Mary Agnes was reportedly last seen with a woman who went by Julia Otis. She was described as being in her early 20s, well-dressed, and with protruding teeth. Oh. Yeah. This case was a bit difficult to research because it's so old. A lot of information was either never online or used to be and has since been taken down. There was also a lot of contradictory details, so I did the best I could to be accurate. The good news is that I came across a lot of people online who claim to be relatives of Mary Agnes and want to find out what happened to her. So with all these people looking, I think there's a good chance she'll be found. And that, Scones, is the case of Mary Agnes Maroney. You know, I like the optimism because I do not feel like she's going to be found at all. (laughs) I, I agree with you, brother man. What'd you say? If we're here 91 years later, I don't think it's getting, I don't think. Yeah, 91 years is, is a tough, uh, that's a tough one. You'd have to go to like every that's a tough case, old folk chief. home and be like, who here is 91? And then go up <laughs> and like stare at them and be like, check their eyes and for a birthmark. I don't know. Like, yeah, it's pretty tough. I don't think that it's. Um, I, I guess the question really is, is do we think she was kidnapped or do we think that her parents 
Uh, oh, right. I forgot did, about that thread that yeah. would have cut all of this off right at the beginning. Yeah. So I think those. it's it's one of those two. Um, I was going to say, I hope it was the kidnapping only because that would mean that she wasn't murdered by her own family. But yes. it's either way, it's not great. If you asked me before we started this podcast, I'd be like, no way. She definitely like is alive somewhere today. But uh, people are horrible, and it's definitely possible. Yeah. That, People are uh, horrible. <laughs> her parents were monsters. Yep, they sure were. Darcy would never do that. Well, to his we can't say that family. for sure. They they sure might have been. <laughs> That's why you need a good, yeah, wholesome scarecrow family like you, Darcy. Exactly. That's why you don't ever actually meet somebody who's flesh and blood. You make it straw and garments. Yeah, love hungry. Go to Spirit Halloween. Yeah, <laughs> love hungry. Find yourself a nice scarecrow and settle down. For God's sake. Go to Christmas tree shops. They're all out front. <laughs> get a candle put a smiley face on it you have a husband <laughs> he smells better it's than one easy. of those other husbands uh, yeah it'll be like clean linen my husband he'll probably clean more too oh men are dumb we sure are and with that <laughs> and with that gang thank you for listening to monday morning macabre as always check out our socials Twitter, MM Macabre Pod, Instagram, Monday Morning Macabre, and our website, MondayMorningMacabre.com, where you can find merch and Patreon information if you want extra bonus episodes of us talking. Yeah. You can find it there. Two Patreonies, look out. Cheap, cheap, cheap. We got another episode coming at you later, uh, sometime after this one comes out. <laughs> I love the specificity, baby. Can't put uh, this in a box. <laughs> and as always, have a good Monday. Boy. What was my new catchphrase again? I don't remember. Uh, let's see. Let's go uh, over. I wait, from last week or from this week? No, no. Remember I said earlier this episode where I said, I'm going to change my Was it something catch, about like scarecrows a, or dead guns or? <laughs> no, it was like, uh, I don't remember. But someone in the comments will be like, hey, it was this, you dum-dum. I can't wait. So whatever, whatever my new catchphrase is, I'm saying that. Goodbye. And goodbye. <laughs> Thank you.